Hey, it's Nelson. And this is Monica. Welcome to the Seattle Foodie Podcast, the show where we talk about the Seattle food scene and the people and businesses behind it. We eat all the food and share our insights with you. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get to it. Hey, Monica, you are just telling me on, off the air that croc sales are up. The shoes. We're talking about crocs. Right. <laughs> and <laughs> I can't believe how popular they are in the kitchen for a right. lot of chefs. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it that they wear Crocs as their go-to shoe of choice? I'm not familiar. I know. I assumed it was because it's a slip-on, but then there is a strap, but then I never see any of the chefs who are using the strap. And then I was just thinking, like, unless your floors are appropriately covered, aren't they slippery? Because I seem to remember, like, falling down in my Crocs when I was, you know, when, when it was fashionable the first time. So I, I'm not sure. I, I think we should probably ask because it's not like it has, like, a ton of arch support. Maybe it's the little nubbies on the inside that massage your foot. I don't know. I've never owned a pair of Crocs. And Ooh. I don't intend to own a pair of Crocs. <laughs> So wow. please don't get any Crocs croc for me. No, don't get any Crocs for me <laughs> for my birthday. birthday. <laughs> no. I don't know why. What's so hip about holes in your shoes? I don't, <laughs> I don't understand that. I had one pair of Crocs and I still might. So now I got to go look for them after this. But I used them until I started hearing urban legends about Crocs being eaten in escalators. And if you know me, then I'm already low-key terrified of escalators anyway. So when I heard that Croc story, and I remember Cole was younger. Cole used to wear Crocs too, because, you know, it looks cute on a kid, right? And people were just like, that's a fake story. That's fake news. You know, back then we didn't say fake news. but mm-hmm. um, And then what happened was I was at a department store, and wouldn't you know it, my Crocs got caught in the escalator, and it was oh, no. terrifying. You know, it was completely terrifying. And from then on, I'm like, nope, nope, done. Through all, all Cole's Crocs. I, I think mine are still up there, but like, I, I, I don't know where they are. So that's my scary Croc story. <laughs> okay. My Croc story is my previous occupation as a personal trainer. And there used to be this very, very good trainer. And he was French with the thickest accent. Like, Monaco, you, you go and lift and push and trust and, and you could barely understand every other word. And mm-hmm. and he would wear these bright orange yellow Crocs to everywhere. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, for us, in, when we're in our uniform, we can only wear white shoes. They have to be 85% white. Mm-hmm. It's, it's this weird, I don't know what it is, like 1984 type rules in that building. <laughs> and just like every, Are there must, dove shorts too? There's, there's lots of things like... <laughs> I've mentioned this before. You can you have to wear a polo. Men can't have men can wear mustaches, but that's the only facial hair they can have. Women can only wear earrings, but they can only be pierced one earring on the ear and nothing else. Things like that, right? Mm-hmm. So no tattoos. Obviously, I don't know some religious family that owns it or something like that, and whatever it is. It's just anyway, it's very very proper on on fashion style, but. Anytime this trainer, this French trainer is like, Monica, wee wee, he would wear these bright orange Crocs. And I think it's, I think it was to rebel out against our company every time, <laughs> oh because God. anytime that he, he's not what they call on stage. Cause we're cast members mm-hmm. when we're working kind of like Disney, <laughs> we had to, he would wear these bright orange Crocs for every opportunity. And it was oh great. Gosh. And we loved Sebi for it all the time. Aww. 
He would wear it in our team meetings because they're not considered on stage. And he would wear it at any other type of event that's not sanctioned <laughs> by that company. And it was oh glorious. And we loved his Crocs. And that's, <laughs> that's my Crocs Croc store. Oh, it was so good. It was mm. so good. But he, he would wear them everywhere. And I'm just like, oh, I hope he washes them because he wore them to the swimming pool. He wore oh them to he wore them to meetings. But but Crocs are great like for water. So like um mm-hmm. my slippers that I use for the summers, they're Crocs because they don't react the same way that regular slippers do. They don't wear the same way. So and yeah. maybe that's it. Maybe the sales that are soaring 40 to 50 percent in 2021, maybe it's because of the diversification of Crocs. Because I don't know if you know, but Crocs even makes like wedge heels for women and like a whole different line. So Aside from the standard Crocs, they have all these different shoe designs. So maybe that's it. Maybe they're just meeting people's needs other ways. Doesn't Kanye have some Crocs or some Yeezys <laughs> that are Crocs too? Isn't, doesn't he have something weird like that as well? Probably. Probably. The funniest one I saw was the Kentucky Fried Chicken one. That's a good one. That yeah. one sold out. I mean, yeah, I had friends looking for those everywhere. So, But I'm still trying to figure out why chefs wear this, this, this shoe of choice. I don't know. We'll just have to start asking. We'll ask around. Oh. <laughs> ask around. Welcome to the show, everyone. This is episode 138 of the Seattle Foodie Podcast. Hi, Monica. How are we doing tonight? Hi, Nelson. I feel like I haven't seen slash talked to you in a while. Um, I'm okay. Went to the market. I saw you went to the market, too, so we'll hear more about that soon. Yeah, we have an interview as well, so why don't we get to it? Mm -hmm. So I haven't been... I didn't go out last all last week much. Just been very busy, so... However, I was very excited to find out that farmer's markets are back, Monica. Well, they Mm -hmm. might already be back because I think it's not a farmer's market, but the Fremont Sunday market Mm -hmm. has always been there for a couple Mm -hmm. months now. And Ballard, I think, has been all year round. Mm -hmm. But I think the ones that are more city-based are starting to come up because the weather's starting to be better and Mm -hmm. it's May now. It's going to be May. Anyway. No, it's it's May Day. Did you see the new Avengers one, May Day? No. That one's cute. I got to do that one next year. No, we can't do the Avengers one. That's dumb. May? You got to stick with the NSYNC. Well, it's going to be May, and then it is May. (laughs) Send me the Avengers one. Maybe Maybe I'll turn a new leaf. Okay. Anyway. As I mentioned, farmer's market season is back, and the one in Issaquah just opened this past weekend. I love going to this one. One of the newest additions to Issaquah Farmer's Market is the one of my favorites and one of our favorites, Monica, Seekin Kombucha. Yeah. I was so happy. I saw this on their post. I think I believe it was maybe the day before or on Thursday. Mm-hmm. But that's right, you guys. This season, they will be at more than 20 different markets throughout and don't forget, they also have their permanent spot in the SLU. Mm-hmm. I did a bottle swap and upgraded from a 32-ounce to a 64-ounce growler, Monica. I was able <laughs> to fill it up. Now, normally we get their kombucha, but they had a berry turmeric soda that I've never tried before. Mm-hmm. It's got strawberry, murda berry. I don't even know what that kind of berry that is, but that sounds sounds like a good berry to me for to try. Rose hips. Is that something that Shakira created? I don't know <laughs> what that is. Shisandra berries, ginger, hibiscus, and rose petals. Mm-hmm. I am quite literally almost done with that whole 64 ounce growler. Ready? How wow. long does a growler, how long does it take to drink a 64 ounce growler? I don't know, but when I saw you get it, I was just like, oh my gosh, Nelson's starting to drink kombucha the way I drink beer. <laughs> <laughs> See, here's the thing though. I have growlers all mm-hmm. over my house, but I don't yeah. have a beer growler. I've never drank <laughs> 64 ounces of growler at home. I have. It's not pretty. Yeah. 
happen by myself. I have, it's not pretty. <laughs> so I had a 32 ounce growler from Seeking Kombucha, but that thing lasted less than an hour for me. So oh, I wow. bought a 64 ounce, did mm-hmm. a bottle swap with them. It is so convenient. They have these new flavors. And for all that are non-kombucha fans, they have these sodas. Mm. They have a, I think they had a cider too as well. That oh, wow. was that looked delicious. I almost mm-hmm. got that one because it was kind of it was very fruity. Mm-hmm. Just a really big fan of seeking kombucha. I, yeah. I, like I said, I'm almost done with it, and yeah, very delicious. <laughs> well, did the snozberries taste like snozberries? <laughs> snozberries did taste like snozberries. I don't know what even. <laughs> I don't even know what murder berries are. What is what is what are those? And shisandra I don't know where berries? these berries are from. I heard of shisandra berries because I've had that in um, Rishi tea drinks, but like. I keep trying to figure out like where they come from, you know, I mean, cause I know they're not from here. So it's just like, well, where are they all coming from? <laughs> Who knows? The other place I visited while I was at the farmer's market, nature's last stand farm out in fall city was there. They're also at the market. I picked up two breakfast sandwiches from them. I got their classic breakfast with sage pork sausage and also their Thai spicy sandwich with a spicy pork sausage, mm. both on brioche buns. They've been there last year, but because of the pandemic, I don't think they could make breakfast sandwiches or maybe yeah. they did breakfast sandwiches but i talked to them and they go like oh they sell out really fast and so mm-hmm. this time i got to the farmer's market at opening at 9 a.m and expecting to wait in line and luckily there was no line <laughs> so i was able to be one of the first people to pick up those sandwiches right. and i must say they are very delicious those they looked really patties good. are really good yeah, you guys gotta try really them if good. you're out there i was really jealous of those because um you know we we barely get to have fresh food here at the market like cooked food rather mm-hmm. definitely cannot eat them in the market but uh that looked delicious that that would be my breakfast any day yeah it, you still can't eat inside the market mm-hmm. i saw people buying kettle corn and try to immediately try to eat it and there were <laughs> five people no! five people like a SWAT team swarm <laughs> in and, and like <laughs> Knocked the popcorn and and said, no soup for you. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, people can lose their permits. And so Mm -hmm. I I know that the market folks are being very diligent as well. They should be. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we're just creatures of habit and we just need to be reminded sometimes. We're so sorry, market folks. (laughs) They're going to have to be policing that the whole entire season because there's going to be a lot of new people checking out the farmer's markets and people just not knowing the rules. I think I might volunteer at Fremont just so oh I my can God, do that be, job. It would be amazing, right? <laughs> it would be an amazing job. Yeah. <laughs> hey, put it down. <laughs> <laughs> just tackle people. <laughs> I would love a job just to yell at people. For right? <laughs> oh, man. That, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. All right, Monica, that's what I ended up eating. What did, how about you? What did you uh, check out? Wow, lots of stuff. So Chef Shota Nakajima is getting ready to reopen Taku with a series of soft opening days. And he started with a pop-up with fellow top chef concessant, Chef Byron Gomez, last week. I attended with the usual suspects and foodie friends and tried the fried chicken curry sandwich and foodie kake fries. But Nelson, I got it. As is often the case with foodie friends, we needed more food. And we stopped by Red Hook Brew Lab for nachos, wings, and beer. I tried an Italian Pilsner for the first time and it was refreshing but i think german pilsner is just more my style because it's a different kind of hop and after all this time nelson can't believe it i finally got to try (laughs) the flower box oh my (laughs) because annie brought me some (laughs) (laughs) um i'm really glad i had a chase tense to taste these fluffy donuts filled with cream but um it's been a long time and that's my first time trying them so 
Thank you, Annie. Oh, I thought you were going to say for the first time you're going to try honey hole sandwiches because it's right no, across the street hole. from Taco. Okay. Yeah. Just because I don't like sandwiches doesn't mean I don't know where good sandwiches oh. are. I've I love honey hole. hole. Oh, yeah. I love, I <laughs> I've even been to Other Coast. Well, Other Coast yeah. got moved up from well, that Well, Other Coast is not at that location anymore. No. Yet, but... but they're still in Ballard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Flower Box, what flavors did you end up getting with that? Oh, I think there was a creme brulee one. There was definitely a matcha one. I love that one. And then there was a really light one. So um, I couldn't identify the last one. My palate is just leaving me. No, everything bagel donut. No, no, because I think I love that one because oh I do God, love everything bagel seasoning. And I do like everything bagel seasoning on glazed donuts, just donuts, period. So I'm sure I would have loved it, but that wasn't Oh, my God. It is, um, it is such an amazing – It's not. <laughs> I don't even know if it's a donut or whatever it is. It's like right? – it's savory, right? Right. One person who has said that they don't like it and – Oh, who is this person? I, I'm not I'm not going to say. I'm Shame. not going to say on Shame. them, but um, <laughs> I have lost respect for their taste oh. after saying no to this yeah. everything bagel donut. Yeah. Well, you can tell me later because it must be one of our friends. <laughs> okay. Nelson, we are both fans of Mommy Chan, mm-hmm. Mommy Chan's food truck. And I don't get to see them often on this side of town. In fact, you see them more because they're on the east side. So I got to catch them in Edmonds right after getting off the ferry from Gig Harbor. And I had a great lunch. Tofu vermicelli, pork garlic noodles, egg rolls, green tea lemonade, and Vietnamese coffee. So we had a picnic. And the food was excellent as always. But Nelson, now they have, I don't know if they had this when you saw them last, but they have frozen egg rolls. And so they gifted me a bag and that's going to hold me over over till the next time I see them. And I already tried them in the air fryer. They're delicious. Oh, I didn't even know you can right. get frozen egg rolls. I know. From them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very delicious. Yeah. So those are great to have around. And this is a real blast from the past, Nelson. Mm-hmm. In 2018, uh, we met Laura Kleiss when she was getting Intentionalist off the ground. So fast forward three years, and Intentionalist just celebrated their three-year anniversary. I'm not sure if you remember that day we met her, Nelson, but um, I remember it being high 90s, but feeling like it was 110. I was personally drenched with sweat. I was so hot. And then I remember for the first time knowing that the difference between me and fashion bloggers is that they appear to not sweat. (laughs) Well, I'm like dripping wet. (laughs) That was such a day. Yeah, that was on First Hill at Mm -hmm. McKinney Howard's. Mm -hmm. I forgot her dessert. uh, Sugar Plum. Sugar Plum. Mm -hmm. Yes, that was the Sugar Plum event. Yeah. And. I remember the vegan pineapple soft serve, mm. but I can't remember what it tastes like anymore because it was so freaking hot that day. <laughs> it, was hot. <laughs> it was so hot when they poured out the water, it was already boiled by then. <laughs> and they didn't boil the water. I, don't know, what I know. It was just like, why is there no fan here? <laughs> <laughs> just like. Oh my goodness. I, I think that was the first time I was just so bewildered. I was like, how does the store not have air conditioning? <laughs> what just happening here? What then, is happening? And then I'm just like, oh, it's just me and Nelson because everybody else looks fine. <laughs> but we're like sweating. And that's when I know like we were friends, like for real. Nelson, I'm just like, okay, this is my guy. <laughs> It's like, this is my guy. Everybody else looks fine. <laughs> the worst part was it was only like 82 degrees. Was out. it? I thought it was <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. No. <laughs> it was maybe, it was, I think it was 86. It was 86 degrees. I'm going to have to ask Google. I swear it was in the 90s. No, it wasn't in the 90s. I promise you it was like 86 <laughs> degrees and we just could not handle it. it was just awful. <laughs> 
all right. Well, getting back to it, I attended a virtual event and was gifted a meal that included menu items from Freelard Tamales, Terra Plata, Solari, and Hood Famous Bake Shop. So intentionalists really gained traction, particularly during the pandemic, encouraging us all to spend like it matters. So if you want to support the work of intentionalists, consider signing up for they have a Patreon right now. So that's pretty exciting news. All right, Nelson, fried mm-hmm. chicken. Yeah. I went to Cookies Country Chicken twice this week. (laughs) So as you know, I'm working from home and I don't go out much, but I was near Cookies on Friday and I stopped in for fried chicken tendies and sides. Cole and I loved him so much. And, you know, since we were getting him vaccinated on Saturday, we stopped by again because he he wanted to go again. And I can see why you love the food, Nelson. And I just want to let you know, Brian says that he misses you. (laughs) I miss you too, Brian. He's not even listening on the show. That's okay. (laughs) Right? I was wondering who was holding that chicken sandwich. I was like, oh, is your husband James holding that chicken sandwich? That was very brave because he hates chicken. Right. Right. He would like start melting like the Wicked Witch, which is the West. He was held chicken. Ah, can't do it. Yeah, that's cool. Cole Cole really enjoyed it. Actually, I really enjoyed it too. So good call there. But no gumbo. We missed the gumbo. No gumbo. The gumbo is the best, you guys. On Mm -hmm. Friday, they have gumbo. And the owner, Brian told us mix the potato salad into the gumbo Mm -hmm. and it is a massive incredible combination of umami Mm -hmm. it's a it's amazing you guys got to do it i just love the skin on the chicken yeah that's that's the best part i think of cookies it's just like so crispy it is one of my favorite fried chickens Mm -hmm. in seattle right now yeah i agree it's it's strange because the skin is light but crispy at the same time it's not you know sometimes you'll get fried chicken and it feels really heavy after one bite you're just like oh god i'm gonna be sick after i eat this meal but yeah there's there's sort of lightness to it that i enjoy so i'm um, really looking forward to eating more because you know we have a bunch more vaccination appointments scheduled <laughs> for my whole family so we'll be going more so on Saturday, since I was at Lumen Field, I stopped by Chinatown to pick up a few things. I stopped by to grab a hojita latte from Young Tea, and Caroline was there. I haven't seen mm. Caroline in probably two years in person, maybe yeah. more. And so we, you know, we had a socially distant, you know, chat and everything. But it was so great to see her, and um, really good to see that things are still going strong at Young Tea. And I also stopped by Beanfish for Taiyaki since I needed a little snack. So there's always room for little waffle-shaped fishies, I say. Yeah, it's always a fun surprise seeing Caroline (laughs) when I randomly go to Young Tea to pick something up. Mm -hmm. And it's always good to see her. Now, Beanfish, where's their permanent location that they're having? Oh, you know, actually, I haven't talked to Brady about that. I forgot to ask because I have I hardly ever see them as well. So we just happen to be there. And as you know, Saturdays, they park in front of Daiso with the truck. Right. Um, but no, I, I, I need to ask him. Oh, yeah. Why? Why don't I know this, Nelson? <laughs> I don't know. I've seen people <laughs> take pictures of the sign and I'm like, I have right. no idea where this sign is. at. Yeah. I don't know where this location is going to be at. So and I saw Brady again today know. and didn't ask him again. <laughs> now I'm going to oh, have to Monica. message him. I'm just going to have to message him. You're such an awful friend. I, I'm terrible. I'm the worst. <laughs> Good eats, Monica. Good eats. Good eats. All right. We have an interview today. Mm-hmm. Why don't you introduce our guest? Absolutely. Today's interview is with Cindy Luke. Originally, Cindy partnered with her brother on another account called Savory Syndicate on Instagram, but has since focused her energy on her personal account, which is Miss underscore Syndicate, spelled with a C. Cindy has a lot of energy around supporting new or small businesses in the area. Here's our interview with Cindy. 
Welcome to the show, Cindy. It's so great to have you. Thank you, Monica. Thank you so much for having me. Nelson and I are pretty excited to have you on. So let's get started talking about how you started your Instagram account. Yeah, long story. There was a lot of things and events that was happening during the pandemic that acted as a catalyst for me to start my Instagram account. I mean, I already had my personal account since 2015. I was already taking pictures of food, travel pictures, but I didn't get the push to do like a creator blogger account until last October, October 2020. And that came to be when I dealt with a breakup. I dealt with a heartbreak, you know, that kind of like rock bottom pandemic heartbreak. I was a small business owner myself. So the ship was sinking for my business. I was a retail, I had a retail shop and, you know, Mm -hmm. we had a lockdown for three months and then my finances were being drained. And I also dealt with a breakup with somebody that I really, really loved. Um, He worked Mm -hmm. in the restaurant industry. I was with him throughout the whole ordeal of, you know, getting laid off, uh, unemployment. Mm -hmm. And then returning to work with totally BS pay from from what he was getting paid before. So went through the whole ordeal and, you know, feelings weren't mutual. So mm-hmm. on top of dealing with like all that pandemic stress, I dealt with heartbreak. Uh, you know, I dealt with having somebody that just doesn't share the same values with you, completely different people. We liked completely different foods. So it was tough. And that pushed me to, you know, not fall into depression and just start my account. Mm-hmm. Food is like the best coping mechanism. I don't know if any anyone else agrees, but food is like the best coping me- mechanism. Like I'm an emotional eater. So, mm-hmm. you know, food always makes me feel better, like automatically. If I just had like a good meal, that would automatically f- make me feel better. So I started the account actually with my brother. He's actually a sweet bomb food. We wanted okay. to start highlighting, you know, the, pe- the hardworking people that work in the restaurant industry. We wanted to show them the faces behind the food because so much was going on during the pandemic. And uh, my heart just kind of like went out to the businesses. If I was pouring so much love, support and energy into a partner that didn't love me back, I figured what if I transmuted all that energy, love and investment to the community? And I did that. And I just got so much positive response. It was just so overwhelming. And then the opportunities just started flooding in. And I just I just had no idea how that even happened. So <laughs> that is a roller coaster of, of how my Instagram started. Well, there's a lot in there. And I have to tell you that one of the reasons we interview people and have deeper conversations is because what you just told me in three minutes are things that I would have never known about you unless we sat down and had a cup of coffee together. And and so, you know, you've already probably experienced you're at about you know, 5, 000, over 5,000 followers on, on your account. People feel like they know you and you get a following, but sometimes it, it's a little bit harder to get the note to know the real you. So I appreciate you sharing it. It's the pandemic. I mean, it is what it is. And I think your story is a perfect illustration of how business, professional, sort of everything gets wrapped up and it's so overwhelming. And we're just trying to make it one day at a time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's just all about kind of like just sharing and gathering together and making it all through, you know, together with with support as much as we can. You know, the pandemic is it sucks, but at the same time, it's beautiful. You you see kind of like the beauty in in, in times of like chaos and, and all these roller coasters. So I, I enjoy seeing the beauty in, in what we have. Yeah, and definitely food as comfort. Um, I can relate to that. Um, I'm carrying on <laughs> quite a 
a few extra pounds in the last year. And, you know, I'm not mad at it because, you know, first of all, I work from home. And so I don't even get out for as many steps as I used to, or, you know, they tell us to stay home. So like, I'm not doing a lot of the things that I used to do. And second, like, it's just really hard, right? And so I'm an emotional eater too. So I can totally relate to what you're saying in terms of turning to a place where we feel good, where we surround ourselves with people who enjoy the same things as us. And we, we're just all looking for comfort. So really appreciate that. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. I wanted to clarify one thing. You mentioned the account with your brother. So I just wanted to make sure we're talking about uh, the same accounts. So you have an individual account that's Miss underscore syndicate. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. The original plan, it was it was supposed to be me and my brother. But Mm -hmm. for some reason, my own personal account was the one that started picking up. I made an entirely separate account for Mm -hmm. just me and my brother to save resyndicate. And that Mm -hmm. didn't pick up as as well as my personal account, my personal Mm -hmm. account that I converted to a blogger like that one was just starting to pop for some reason. And the Mm -hmm. other accounts were just kind of like not working out. We originally were supposed to be like a vlog, like a YouTube vlog kind of deal. But I was horrified at the way I was looking and speaking in front of the camera. <laughs> like, you know what? Cancel. Cancel. We'll just we'll just do Instagram, you know? So right, that's right. where we're at right now. I think that's always a source of discomfort for folks. It's showing your, your face. And um, also, if you're going to be on video, if it's not edited, like how are people going to deal with that? So <laughs> definitely yeah. get where that's coming from. <laughs> Okay, well, I think not unlike many other people, you sort of fell into the food account in in a sort of accidental way. But if you were to give someone advice who's just starting a food account, what would you recommend? I just tell them to just do it. You know, I didn't have a fancy camera. I didn't have a ring light. I didn't have any followers. I just did what I love. I just took pictures with my phone and that's it. That's it. You know, you just put your passion in it and the passion will show through. You don't, you don't have to limit yourself with, okay, I have to get certain amount of followers. I have to do this. I have to have high quality photos. No, don't, you don't worry about that. Just, just do what you love and your love will, will shine through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that I always tell people starting out that if you do good work, people will notice. And, and, and so a lot of times people are looking for shortcuts, but they're also looking for lessons learned. And so that's where these conversations come in, where we've all learned a lot in our journey and we're all at different places in our journey. But if we can save somebody some time and uh, hopefully some emotional upset going through it, because, you know, I mean, I'd be lying if I if I said I didn't look at analytics and that sometimes I think I took a really great picture and like, no, Nobody likes it. Or sometimes I take, I remember one of my most liked photos was what I call ugly delicious. So it was shrimp and grits and it's hard to make shrimp and grits look good. Let's face it. Unless it's like at a fancy restaurant where you get like one spoonful of grits and like, you know, one shrimp standing up and it's all plated, just regular old shrimp and grits. It don't look good, but it sure (laughs) tastes good. And so it always surprised me that that was like such an ugly picture from my perspective, but people loved it. So I also think that, you know, it's hard not to pay attention to how many followers you have. And so I appreciate you saying that because I believe it as well. And when we start to fall into that trap, we sort of have to pull ourselves back and say, wait a minute, why am I doing this? And if you come up with the right reasons for you, then I think it all works out. 
Yeah, totally. You you just never know until you try, you know? Like like you said, some pictures you think are like really just not Instagram worthy. <laughs> then everybody would love it. Like, you know, I you know, for me, I don't I don't have fancy food styling skills or anything. I just take pictures of food on the couch, on the mm-hmm. driveway, random spots, and then people just they just love them and I'm like, they don't know I just took this on my couch. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You right. never know. You know, shrimp and grits, I you know, shrimp and grits. It's, it's, it's beautiful. The messier it is, it's, it's beautiful. So mm-hmm. totally get it. Okay. So one of our most popular segments on the show is what are we eating? So the deal is people are always wondering about places that regular people eat and like, where are you going? So what are three of your favorite places to eat in Seattle? Oh my goodness. I'm a Seattle native born and raised. So that's like three decades of food places that I like. (laughs) I would narrow it down to uh, the places I usually frequent. And I always go to Geraldine's counter in Columbia City Mm -hmm. with my kids all the time. It's one of our uh, all-time favorite breakfast places. Uh, Every time I go there, it's always good. I like Phnom Penh noodle in the uh, Chinatown International District. My number one regular order is the number one Phnom Penh uh, noodle. Uh, It has like calamari, prawns, uh, sliced fish, fish balls, uh, sliced pork, and minced pork. It is just absolutely delicious. Ooh, it's a pig and fish party. (laughs) It's beautiful. And then third, I mean, gosh, I love all types of cultural food. I go for Vietnam House in either Chinatown International District or the Tequila one. Both are pretty good. Um, Mm -hmm. I love the broken, I love the Vietnamese broken rice with fish sauce uh, drenched all over it. So Mm -hmm. I... Those aren't my top three, but it's top three for now, just because I can't really go through three decades worth of really good food here in Seattle. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, whenever people ask me that question, like, you know, where's your favorite steak or where's your favorite noodles? I'm just like, I'll tell you what I'm thinking about right now, Um, (laughs) you know, because it's transitory. Right. And and the fact that these food experiences leave different impressions on us at any given point in time. And also like our emotions are tied to it. Right. So like we'll remember a meal that we were with people we love when we're eating them or it was a really good day or it was a really bad day. Unfortunately, we'll remember those things differently. So I I appreciate you being willing to even share three of your favorites. Sounds like you have a lifetime of them in Seattle. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's it's very difficult to decide on what to eat on any given day. So uh, it's always on impulse. Unfortunately, <laughs> that's the fun part. You know, impulsive, um, spontaneous like food choices is is always the way to go. Okay. So we were just talking about your Instagram accounts a few minutes ago. So your account we already mentioned is Ms. underscore syndicate and then Savory Syndicate. So are you guys not uh, posting on that one anymore? Yeah, we're just, uh, we're just, Savory Syndicate is just going to bo- bounce off of any like small businesses that need more highlighting or more exposure. Mm-hmm. Other than that, we're not updating it as much. My brother has gotten um, busy with his schedule and all the activities going through Miss Syndicate. Right. So yeah. Right. I think um, when people start like a, a food account, they sort of don't know what it's like to post every day. Like posting every day mm-hmm. is very difficult. I don't even post every day anymore. It's just too Same. much. Same. Um, <laughs> so you know, I used to, it's just too much now, but you had mentioned earlier that you all were going to do a vlog. So are you on any other platforms or not active at all? We have a couple videos up on YouTube, but we haven't updated it since 2020. So it's, it's fair if we want to do any future projects or anything, but yeah, not, nothing much going on there. Okay. Well, thanks for sharing that. And thank you so much for joining us today, Cindy. Thank you, Monica. Thank you for so much for having me.
And that's our interview with Cindy. Nelson, I don't have a chance to meet new foodies in real life anymore. And I enjoyed chatting with Cindy. And I have to say, I learned a lot about her. So I was really grateful for the opportunity. Yeah, it was a definitely a fun interview. I was able to listen to it prior to. And um, she has a lot of great recommendations. And I love going through her page and looking through all the... Yeah. Nam Pen is also one of my favorites. And, you know, I have never even heard of Vietnam House. And mm. I've lived here all my life, too. So I've... <laughs> But I've never heard of Vietnam House, so I will have to try it mm-hmm. and get some broken rice. Uh, that sounds yeah. good to me. When she said she was, you know, born and raised here, I'm just like, you should lead with that. <laughs> I should like, lead with what? I'm sorry. She should lead with that when she said that she was oh, born yeah. and raised here, because like that's big news. Like being ba- born and raised here is very, very special. Just like you, Nelson. Well, Those yeah. of us, uh, the rest of us, just come and hang out for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Is it is it such a big thing that pe- people are born in, for those that have uh, lived, born and raised? I, I guess? think it is. I, I think know. it's special. But, you know, it's funny when people ask me how long I've lived here and I tell them they're just like, oh, no, you're from here. <laughs> like, cause, and this happens everywhere. Yeah, I don't understand that. Like, I don't understand. That happened to like, you know, with with people who moved there. It's just like, oh, you're a local now. So so there's a certain amount of time, somewhere between 10 and 30 years where you just become a local, okay. <laughs> but it varies from place to place. <laughs> Very interesting. I don't mm-hmm. know. Interesting yeah. stuff. <laughs> okay. All right, Monica, that's our show for tonight. Hey guys, before we leave, we just want to let you know, we are going to go on a little hiatus. Uh, we've been producing and showcasing off 138 straight weeks of shows, which I did on my quick calculator, which is about 2.65 years. Monica, we almost made mm-hmm. three years, but mm-hmm. we just decided, you know, I, ha- I have a vacation coming up and um, it's just time for us to take a little break. Let's figure out what kind of content we can create when we come back, but we just want to take a little break we haven't had a break in uh over 2.6 years so. <laughs> 2.6 years. Yeah. <laughs> i don't know why i'm so precise with the decimal very point, precise but, but uh 138 <laughs> straight weeks and it's time to just kind of take a hiatus and just take mm-hmm. a little time off yes i'm not gonna speak for nelson but i'm tired um i need a little bit of rest and just for all of you out there Nelson and I are hashtag not a couple, but we're not fighting or breaking up. So that's not what this is about. No, no, no. There's there's no Yoko Ono that's (laughs) ruining everything. Uh We just decided it's time for us to just kind of take some time and do our regular food stuff and and not have this show for a little bit. And then just kind of reload on our interviews and figure out some new content and Mm -hmm do some other new things and just we just want to kind of freshen up the show for you guys for the upcoming summer season and we're not sure when we'll be back we're we're just we're thinking um we just we just want a little vacation you guys mm-hmm. we haven't had a vacation in 2.6 years <laughs> and when we have we still manage to record <laughs> yeah. all right all right well thank you so much for listening for all this time for all you new listeners, this is a great opportunity for li- to listen to all of our old episodes until we come back on. In the meantime, we will be current. We, we will keep you all updated. Have a wonderful week, everyone. Until next time, happy eating, Seattle. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for future episodes and leave us a five-star rating and review on whichever platform you're listening on. In the meantime, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Seattle Foodie Podcast and on Twitter at Seattle Food Pod. You can also email us at seattlefoodiepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again, and we hope you enjoy the Seattle Foodie Podcast.